Welcome to the Keep Idaho Red Radio Show, where you'll hear from national, statewide, and local Republican leaders about the issues that are most important to Idahoans today. Now, please welcome Tom Luna and Vic Miller. Welcome back to another episode of Keep Idaho Red Radio with Tom Luna and Vic Miller. And uh, Vic, we're going to jump right in. Uh, we've got a very special guest today. We've got Chair of the uh, Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel. And uh, uh, Ronna, thank you so much for joining us on Keep Idaho Red Radio today. Oh, great to be with you both. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. And Ronna, I'm going to start off with the first question. I'm a, uh, you know, I was the party chair for a couple of years. Vic is the current chair of the largest county in Idaho. So we know a little bit about you know, the job of being a chair, um, lots of moving parts, lots of, lots of personalities. So our question for you is, as the chair of the national committee, why did you decide to run again to be <laughs> chair of the Republican uh, national committee? That's a great question. You know, um, the first four years I was chair, it was obviously when we had the White House and President Trump and and his campaign really do dictate a lot that the RNC does. We work kind of at the convenience of the president. Uh, but these last two years, as RNC chair, we implemented a lot of new things, like getting involved in minority communities, voter registration, having our first ever county chair fly in to the RNC, our election integrity efforts, things that the RNC hasn't done. We were in 91 lawsuits across the country. And I just felt like if we don't continue that heading into 2024, you take that pause and that delay with a new chair and staffing up, we would be putting ourselves in a vulnerable position heading into a cycle where we can win back the Senate, we can keep the House and win back the White House. So yes. that was a big reason why I stayed on. I do think that longevity and some consistency and also adaptation and ability to change puts us in a good place. Well, Chairman McDaniel, I really do appreciate because I was actually one of the beneficiaries of your fly-in, and really enjoyed yep. uh, and really enjoyed the training that I got uh, over those intensive three days. So, thank you. So, um, the the race this year for the GOP chair was competitive, and so as you look at it, what can you incorporate from the themes of the others' approaches that were in the race that you think might actually strengthen the party? Well, competition's good. We believe in competition as Republicans. I don't know if I agree with some of the ways that the race was run, run but what I will take from it is uh, talking to members, uh, talking to my opponents. How do we get the youth vote more engaged earlier? How do we uh, continue to expand our election integrity efforts and be on the ground even further? Uh, and how do we reach independence? Uh, this is something that we saw from this midterm cycle is independence did not turn towards the Republican Party. What I will say, which I think is a, a miscommunication about this race, is the RNC is the ground game. We don't do TV. We don't do radio. We don't pick the candidates the voters do. But this past midterm, we turned out 4 million more voters than the Democrats did. And in every battleground state, a Republican won. So why did one Republican win and the other didn't? You know, the RNC builds the infrastructure and the stadium for the candidates to compete in. But some candidates had consultants that did a good job with messaging and some didn't. And so we need to help them as we head into 2024. So as you talk about um, reaching youth and some of the other themes you heard that come out of uh, reaching more independence, um, tell us about how you specifically, you know, as you as you approach that, what are you thinking about uh, how you're going to do that? Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of youth organizations out there in the Republican ecosystem and 
they they just didn't turn out the youth vote at the level we need. So I think the RNC has to take a bigger role in that. And we've got to bring in the college Republicans and bring in these great youth groups and talk to them. Uh, but we know where our young kids are. They live on social media. So we have to find influencers and get our message out through social media. They're not watching and consuming news the traditional way through, you know, the three main channels that we all had growing up. They were getting it through streaming platforms and TikTok. So um, I, I've created a youth advisory council. We're actually meeting in the next month with a lot of great leaders, influencers, and others and candidates talking about how do we have a sustained strategy to reach young voters. And it starts with high school even, not right. just college. We've got we've to start pulling them back as they're being indoctrinated often in the schools. And your thoughts about independence? Independence? Uh, you know, if you look at the candidates that won this cycle overwhelmingly, you look at like a Brian Kemp and Ron DeSantis and Chris Sununu, uh, the ones that won really ran on consistent Republican messaging, uh, strong economy, school choice, pro-life, uh, and they stuck with the issues, but they also invited everyone in. And I keep saying this over and over again, if our party is fighting each other all the time, nobody looks at our party as a place they want to be, especially independents. And so we, we have to drop the vitriol and the Twitter attacks and destroying each other because we have to remember, ultimately, we have so much more in common. And if we're attacking each other, nobody's celebrating more than the Democrats. Yes. And we're losing sight of beating Joe Biden and beating these radical socialist policies that are changing our country that we know and love. So I think independents are very turned off by the negativity within our party. And that is something that I did not run on, and I continue to be a positive voice in our party. Others may choose differently, but if you look at the candidates that won this cycle in blue states and purple states, they were candidates who were mission-focused and talk about policy instead of attacking other people. So, uh, uh, folks, we're visiting with Chairwoman Ron McDaniel from the RNC and really appreciate you being on um, Keep Idaho Red Radio uh, uh, beginning your fourth term as chair, which uh, people should know is is a record, I believe, at least in modern times. And so congratulations on that. Uh, you, you mentioned something a moment ago, and I, I want to uh, dive down a bit deep. You mentioned two governors that were elected and rather easily, Governor Sununu and Governor DeSantis. They, they're both Republicans, uh, but they do go, they approach things differently, and they live in different states with different demographics. So talk about how a party unites knowing we have, um, you know, Republicans that live in different states and and uh, and winning elections. It's important to know what's important to the people in your states. Yeah, I just think it's it's so important to let the voters choose who's best to represent them. That's why primaries are important. The RNC doesn't get involved in primaries, but... You know, Susan Collins is never going to be the senator of Alabama, right? Um, but she's going to support a Supreme Court justice like Brett Kavanaugh. So while we might might have differences on the platform and other things, the voters chose her um, to represent their state, and that's that's ultimately we're going to want the Republican. And those differences can be litigated in a primary, and that's important to have that process. But in the end, we have to remember uh, we want ours next to the name and. Democrats are keeping our border open, letting fentanyl come in. They're against school choice. They're against freedom of religion. I mean, the things that the Democrat Party has turned into uh, is so radical that if we don't stick together as Republicans, despite some differences, 
you know, so what? I agree with you 80% of the time. I'd rather be with somebody I agree with 80% of the time than somebody I disagree with 80% of the time. Absolutely. And uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with uh, Chairwoman of the uh, Republican National Committee, Ron McDaniel. Uh, right after these messages. And welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio. And folks, we're visiting with Chair of the uh, Republican National Committee, Ronna McDaniel. And Ronna, you were just uh, elected to a fourth term as the chair. Uh, you're, uh, and, and we're quickly on, on that ramp and running down the, the, the road heading towards the next election cycle. Um, wanted to visit about the 2022 election and some of the results because I was one of those Republicans that, you know, didn't necessarily think we were going to have as big of a victory as some were predicting, but most of us thought we were going to do better than, uh, you know, a four or five seat advantage in the House and maybe even win back the Senate. Talk to us about reflection on that and, you know, after three months after that, some of the things that we've learned and, 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 uh, and how that affects the outlook in 2024. Sure. I think on the Senate side, and I've said this many, many times, you know, the voters choose the candidates, but most of our Senate candidates this cycle were new candidates to politics. They'd never run before. Herschel Walker, J.D. Vance, Blake Master, Dr. Oz, great candidates. But when you are coming into politics for your first time, uh, you don't necessarily have a fundraising infrastructure. You don't have a ground game. You don't have those volunteers. And so they went into a general election against very well-funded Democratic opponents in some of these states, and it's just hard. Um, and so 2024 provides a much better Senate map where Republicans actually only have nine seats up. Democrats have 21 in states like West Virginia and Montana, Arizona, Ohio, and the map flips. So I always thought the Senate was tighter. I banned the phrase red wave. And two other things I would point to to the House. In 2020, we defied expectations by picking up 15 House seats and not losing a single incumbent seat, which put us in a position in 2022 to take back the House. Um, But we do have to look at every race and figure out why it wasn't bigger. Obviously, we want a bigger margin. The RNC invested in two state Supreme Court races, North Carolina and Ohio. We flipped both of those Supreme Courts. We're going to go back and try and redraw the maps in those states. Um, but it's it's something that um, has to factor in. Independent voters were a big factor. And in states like Pennsylvania and Michigan, uh, the Dobbs decision was a big factor, and mainly because candidates chose to just ignore talking about abortion, and they didn't articulate their pro-life position and then turn it on the Democrats with their extreme positions for gender selection due date abortion. So we can't ignore an issue that Democrats are spending $30 million against us on, if they spend $30 million telling a lie, if you just ignore it, that lie becomes the truth. And I think that's going yeah. to be a big lesson going forward. Right. And some of the some of the abortion policies in the Democratic Party are starting to look like infanticide in some of these states. I mean, it's just, it's hard, it's horrific. Um, exactly. You, but they were telling people that Republicans were against life-saving care for right. miscarriage. Right. Exactly. And ectopic pregnancy. <clears throat> so when they're scaring women... You know, it was a big decision. It changed the landscape, and we're happy about that decision. But now we need to learn how to talk about it. And a lot of consultants said, don't talk about abortion, ignore it. And we found, especially in Pennsylvania and Michigan, that was a mistake. And candidates, and, and the RNC said this early on. I said it in the summer. If you ignore this, you will lose. You have to talk about it. You have to articulate your position and then talk about the extreme position of the Democrats. And I think a lot of consultants, and we've got to hold that consultant class accountable, said, 
oh no, economy's number one. Don't worry about talking about this. And and and, and Rana, I remember those comments that you've made that. Uh, our stance on pro-life has always been a winning issue for us, and it can continue to be. But to your point, if they let the Democrats completely define what happened in the courts and we have no response and they paint us as this extreme, then we see the consequences. Yeah, exactly. If you can't talk about something we stand for and be proud about it, but it's a personal issue and putting your head in the sand. Democrats are spending millions and millions of dollars on this issue for a reason. And Republicans, you know, I always say the CRNC doesn't do the campaign messaging. The candidates do. They, they raise the money. They determine what they want to run on. And nobody knows these consultants. And I think it's time for them to stop being nameless and blameless when they're giving <laughs> bad advice to candidates yeah, and they're making go. millions and millions of dollars. And that's another thing we're doing. We're creating a guidebook for candidates to help them articulate this message, but also know how to not be taken advantage by some of the consultant class. Wow, great. So we're on uh, Keep Idaho Red Radio on KIDO and KLIX, um, and we are talking with the RNC chair, Rana McDaniel. Uh, Rana, so you've talked about 2020 and how you beat expectations, setting up to take back the House in 2022. So what does the political map look like in 2024 as we head into 2024? Yeah, I think we can expand our majority in the House. I absolutely do. I think we'll be in the courts in North Carolina and Ohio, and then there's seats that we could have picked up that um, that we didn't. We're going to have to defend some tougher seats, too, in New York specifically, where we had some of our gains. But the Senate map looks great for us. I mean, I think we take back the Senate and then the presidency. That's already started. So what I would say to Idaho, and I love your show, the name Keep Idaho Red, which is when you have this a huge onslaught of people coming from California and other states, you can't allow your county parties and your state party to go dormant. States don't just stay red. If you're coasting, you're falling behind. And uh, that's something, you know, you think, oh, Idaho is a red state. It won't just always be that way. So, you know, Tom and I've talked about this, being a state party chair who can raise money and invest, that is so, so critical. So, you know, talk to your leaders about that. What are you raising money? What are you doing at the state level to keep Idaho red? I had to do that as Michigan chair. The national party wasn't investing in my state because we weren't considered a battleground state. So we had to fight hard at the state level. And I, I think as state party chair, I raised $14 million. Wow. Um, And finally, the RNC came in and said, oh, wait, you're doing some things here. But um, a big part of doing a lot of these things is money. And it's probably 90% of my time is fundraising. You can't have election integrity and litigation and voter turnout unless you're Raising, yeah, and and uh, chairman uh, chairwoman Ronnie, you you McDaniel, you uh, not only took the stellar job you did raising money in Michigan, but you set records with the amount of money that you've raised at, at the national level. Oh, we, we've got about a minute left here, and, and I want to I want to uh, end on on a, a very positive note. Party unity is something that Idaho and many states are working to improve. And so what are your thoughts about party unity at the national level? And what are you seeing at the state level around the country? Listen, I was just part of a pretty, I, I don't know if you heard, it was a pretty yeah. uh, vitriolic race. Yeah, but we I did hear. <laughs> I didn't run that race. And um, I remember one day my son coming and saying, I'm watching what's being said about you. And I don't know if I want to be a Republican. Yeah. And I thought, we're turning people off with the way we treat each other. And not only that, sometimes we're not going to bring Republicans back into the fold and, and just assume that they're going to be there if we're so nasty to each other. So I would ask you to hold your leaders accountable. If they're talking more poorly about other Republicans, um, ask them to remember 
what's happening at our border and those kids that are dying of fentanyl right now and our religious freedoms that are being stripped away. Ask them to remember what they're there for. And, um, and I think we have to hold our leaders accountable. You're not going to hear me attacking our candidates this cycle. You're going to hear me talking about Joe Biden. And um, we need to hold our leadership accountable for that, too. We can't get unity, and we certainly can't attract anybody to our party if we're always fighting each other. Well, those are wise uh, uh, words and a lot of wisdom in them. And thank you so much, Chairwoman uh, Ron McDaniel, for being on Keep Idaho Red Radio. We'll have you back in the future as we get closer to the next election cycle and and uh, hear more what, what's going on in the RNC and, and, and uh, across the country. But thank you so much for being on the show. Great. Thank you, guys. And, Vic, we're already planning our county chair fly-in for this year. So okay. appreciate you, Tom and Vic. Thank you, guys. Keep Idaho Red. All right. Take thank care. you so much. Have a wonderful day. And folks, we'll be right back.